0: Good evening, and welcome back to another episode of the Heavy Matters Podcast with myself, Joey, him, Venny, and we're on episode number 34, Treinta Cuatro, if you fancy the Spanish lingo.
1: You're right, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Enjoying sapping up the race. Is it sunny? Oh, it's balmy. Balmy. It's absolutely. Balmy, yeah.
0: so we like to hear. Um, yeah, it's okay, especially 20 degrees tomorrow, so heatwave um busy busy week of work
1: uh yeah I've, been, I've actually been doing a bit of stuff at home so i've been listening to a lot of lovely lovely music
0: there's a lot of lovely stuff coming out soon there's um, too much we are very busy boys aren't we
1: oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. we've got uh you've got me on a tight schedule
0: i, I really do you do so uh yeah, the next next few weeks, there's a lot of stuff coming out. There is loads of different mixes of uh, genre. I'm going to try and sneak some black metal in there at some point. Um, it's been a while since you've done black metal.
1: It seemed like we did a few in the row in the <laughs> bleak wit- midwinter. <laughs> and then you just
0: then you got your way with your post rock, your post rock. So uh, it's probably time. Um, so let's crack on anyway. Episode 34. We hope you enjoyed the uh, the June interview. Uh, lovely couple of lads, um, Victor and Dudley. Very nice. Very enjoyable time. Um, and obviously the Hyena Kill as well. I ordered their uh, vinyl today off Bandcamp.
1: Oh, nice one.
0: Yeah. Uh, the pink splatter one. So looking forward to hearing that on the the warmth of wax. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so we'll crack on. Um, news quickly. The only news really that is important at the moment is the mighty Mudvayne are back together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a time to be alive. Yeah,
1: we uh, did the... Um, we did a... We have done the deep cut of LD, haven't we? we? Did. It's one of the first ones, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we're big fans.
0: Oh, God. They're doing, I think, they're doing four... Uh, festivals in the states um so hopefully this rekindles them and gets them out on the road again because oh man what a band
1: do you think uh, they're going full makeup or i was wondering that do you reckon they will they probably have, have to a little bit don't they probably yeah. it's written into their contracts with the festivals yeah they i have, mean to... have to have full dungarees and paint. <laughs> <face mail. laughs> They
0: uh, because towards the end they didn't, did they? They just completely. Yeah. Uh, I think it was off the album of all things, end of all things to come. I think they sort of got rid of it. Um, but yeah, ah, oh, brilliant. I cannot wait for that, and hopefully we can stream it. I mean, it's yeah. better than nothing. <laughs> you don't seem as excited as I am.
1: <laughs> I'm quite excited. I am quite excited. Oh, this. Do you is... think they'll do think they'll release new music or? <sighs>
0: I'd say that's a push. I'd say if we get to a, a tour in Europe would be the first step. And then, I don't know. I mean, hell yeah, now with um, Vinnie Pauldine.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I didn't meant to. I haven't really thought of that. Are they, are they still a thing? Or
0: Well, up until Vinnie Pauldine, uh, what was his name? Chud, Kerg, whatever. Um, he said Chad. that. Ch- Chad, that's it, yeah. <laughs> um, he said, um, well, Benny Paul's still alive. Hell yeah, was his main priority. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'd say now probably Mudvayne probably, probably take, set the stage, hopefully. See how they get together and uh, see if things still pull off the yeah. magic. Um, so yeah, Mudvayne back together, that is your main breaking news. Um, everything else is pretty much irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> Right, let's get stuck in. On this week's show, we are reviewing albums from Wheel, Soothsayer from Ireland, and our deep cut, which will be our last one for a while because of the schedule, is from Baroness and their Purple album. Three very uh, different albums. Shall we let battle commence?
1: Let's dance.
0: Let's um, so first off, we're going to review the album from <laughs> Wheel. The album is called Resonant Human. Um, they're, if you've never heard of them before, they're a Finnish band. Um, and their last album was released in 2019. Now, Wheel is Venny's choice. So I'm going to, excuse the pun, hand the wheel over to Venny to explain why he's decided to bring this on the show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> explain myself in yeah the you you're <laughs> up
0: in court now
1: <laughs> uh i came across wheel a couple of years ago on their moving backwards album which was their first release um and was grabbed by them immediately it's no secret that all of my favorite band ever and um they're i mean we should do some kind of drinking game where every time we say Tool, <laughs> Tool during this review, we have to have a little uh, <laughs> see off our drinks. But yeah, I, I mean, look, let's get this right out of the way. They um, they have written in their two albums, written two love letters to Tool and there's no hiding that fact. I previously said with Sohan, when I first heard them, that I was borderline offended about how much they sounded like Tool. I find Tool a very unique band. They have this very unique style and sound, and so it's, when anyone comes within a mile perimeter of that sound, it becomes very obvious that they are aping Tool. So, yeah, I've previously said I was borderline offended with CERN. It for me with Imperial CERN's last release, I think they're moving further and further away from those Tool kind of isms. Um. And sound very much their own proposition. And I was really positive about that last sewing album. I still listen to it all the time. Um, whereas Wheel, I think, on that first album and, and with this release, do you know, they've still got those very those genetic blueprints of tool still still reign pretty high in the um in the mixing, in the melting pot of that album. So so yeah, I, I Again, to go back, so Sewan, so, you know that borderline offended me when I first heard it. I kept with it, and I now really enjoy listening to all their albums. And so I think I was probably immunised a little bit. Um, the antibodies against the tool copying were there, so I wasn't quite so offended with Wheel. Um, so, so yeah, I've been a bit more open-minded, and yeah, really enjoyed the last album, and thought we'd give this one a try.
0: If you were borderline offended of soan taking on Tool Sound, you must have thought Wheel was sleeping with your wife.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be. But as I say, I buried the hatchet a little bit with Sewan, and so I had a bit more of an open mind with uh, Wheel.
0: Okay. You uh, said this to me a few, maybe a month back to, to check this out, and before it was released, I checked out one of their previous albums. I think the... Um, moving backwards out when you were talking about. And uh I think I started jesting with you saying, like, are Tool aware that they, they're covering them? Because <laughs> it is... I mean, you're saying borderline offensive. This is pretty much a straight up... I don't want to say rip off, that's unfair. But co- a carbon copy of Tool. So if you like Tool, you will either... Be very um, offended. Or be very. Effe- yeah, exactly. You'll be. You'll yeah. either love it the fact that it sounds so much like Tool, or you'll be offended that it sounds so much like Tool. You're in a bit of a catch twenty-two. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I quite interestingly, um, which they probably want to slightly distance themselves from, but um, after their um, first album, they uh, they said something quite telling. They said. Some the, the quote was um whilst we're waiting for the next Tool album to drop, we might as well make uh, what we want the sound of the next Tool album to sound like. Okay. So they were very knowing. I, I mean, that was probably very much in the early days of the band. They probably want to distance themselves from that comment a little bit. But one thing, right, look, let's to to move this along a little bit. Like, for me, Soen, we, I keep bringing it back a little bit to Soen. Soen with marty lopez from opeth so and for me is a isn't just straight up tool they have other elements in particular of opeth as well as other progressive bands i think there's a lot of leprous and that kind of thing for me wheel is a bit more heavily le- leaning on the tool influence but they also instead of having that opeth edition they've got a, for me a quite a strong tesseract um kind of flavor to them and i feel that really strongly with the vocals i feel it really strongly with the the bass driven nature of the music and you know tesseract are one of my favorite of the more more recent british bands so again that's that's no bad thing coming for me so so for me so and sit in a slightly different pocket and to wheel um but I, i like the influences of both bands so yeah
0: yeah, you're, you're really trying to sell this to me, aren't you? I Right, when I listened to this album, right, and I had a question. Actually, I'll ask you this question now. I was going to save it for later, but when you first listened to this band, Wheel, did it offend you? Like you said, it offended you so much because they sounded so much like Tool. Or did it draw you more to them that they sounded like Tool?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say it again. I... I I remember the first time I heard Sewin and I was just like, what is this? This is so blatant. And it offended me, but then I worked through it. And as I say, I'd count myself a, a fan of Sewin now. So uh, when I heard Will, I was like, oh man, that sounds so much like Tool. Um, but again, I think I was a little bit more open-minded to um, listen to it and embrace it a little bit more. And I i mean, there's something in what he says, you know, Tool released an album every 10 to 15 years so uh, there is something to be said about um having something in the middle to to fill the void a little bit and look like all music let's get this straight now like all music there is influences no one is a truly unique proposition you get some of we talk about all the time but black metal death metal thrash there is always another band that is in direct comparison with them it's just that for, tool is such a unique proposition themselves that um any band that does try and sound like them it's quite obvious
0: okay i'll tell you where i stand on this okay i like tool i've i've said that before no, no by no means as much as you love tool um uh, Lateralis is my favorite album of theirs. By a million miles, I think most tall fans would agree. Um, when I listened to this at first, it was very, very difficult to look past that Tool um, cloud uh, uh, or front that they put on. Once, I mean, I listened to this probably six, seven times. Once you can get past that. The them being like tool, like you said, Jesus Christ drinking game would be smashed by now. But <laughs> once you get past that, they sound so much like tool, and you actually focus on wheel being a band. These guys are brilliant at what they do. Um, I mean, musician mu- mu- as musicians, they are absolutely brilliant you mentioned about um being like a tesseract i don't really see that too much but you're more of a I, I
1: mean fan. i i would say next time you listen to it think think of that think of that while you're listening to it and it, i think it will come through and it's something i only realized latterly i think like you say the first time you hear it, it's like bang wow like it just you're you've got really wide eyes and that sounds exactly like tool but like you said the more you listen to it and as I say, there's all different flavors, and I think this does have a definite Tesseract flavor to it, especially, you know, Amos Williams a Tesseract is the bassist, he's the driving force behind the band, and you can tell similarly with with Wheel, the bass forms such I, an important, yeah. integral part of the music and the musicianship. So to the extent that the guitars are almost playing second fiddle to the bass a lot of the time,
0: hundred um, percent, and. That- I was getting to the point of, like, when you when you take out that comparison, you have to give credit to the band and praise them on their merit for what they've done, like... Um, and the one thing I really loved about the sound was how high up in the mix the bass was. Like you said, it is... You've got almost, like, it, uh, the bass at the forefront, followed by the vocals, followed by the guitars, and the drums, obviously, driving it all, but... Um, yeah, this um, it really surprised me, actually. After four or five listens, I was really, really enjoying it. And the more I got into it, the more I found myself um, enjoying it. Like the first time I sort of heard Lateralis by Tool. Um, yeah, I think this is a really, really great album. It's incredibly proggy. And I think probably the Tesseract, <clears throat> that's more of the Tesseract I see than the comparison to Tool. There's a lot more prog from the Tesseract side. Than the Tool side, um, yeah. Like I think I think this is a really good album, and uh, I would have to bow and defeat to you, Benny, and say you picked, <laughs> picked a picked a great album up for me.
1: I've really enjoyed this. I'm delighted. I, I mean, the, but let's get down to the DNA of why it sounds like Tool. Is like the bass has that really elastic property. Like you can almost see those strings like bending in the air and that really elastic quality to the bass strings is a very Justin Challoner kind of tool sound. And in terms of the drums, it's really heavy on the toms. And I think that is, again, that kind of tribal tom sound is is very characteristic. So the rhythm section, I think, is what for me... Makes it sound so much like Tool. Um, the guitars, in a way, a bit like again, a bit like Tool. <laughs> like the guitars are just there to flavor things, rather than being the the like in a lot of the music we listen to, the guitars will be the main thing. You know, is more there to flavor things, and the solos are a little bit more subtle, but I think work really well as a as a result. And um, yeah, I mean, the singing for me is great. It's kind of clean. Clean song throughout. There's not really much Um harsh vocals. I, I've read a few reviews that are slightly critical of that. Do you know they say that maybe it, it might benefit from a bit more variation on the vocals, seeing a mm-hmm. bit more screaming, a bit. So I, I can see that the singer is British. So the band's from Finland. that singer's British, named after their Newcastle centre back Jamal Lasells. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> so james, james Lascelles um but yeah he's got a great he's got a great voice um just a couple of tracks to highlight because it is my one of my favorite one twos of the year so far is Hyperion um into fugue um those two tracks i think are are magnificent Hyperion's a twelve minute bastard track right smack in the center of the album. Um, it reminds me a bit of Alice in Chains the way it starts even, and it's got this really delicious, smooth vocal to kick in, and um, really nice pacing. And that in particular reminds me of Testrap. But the chorus on that track is just spine tingling. It's just absolutely soaring and incredible. And there's a there's even like it's a twelve minute track goes in a lot of different places, but about halfway through. You get a bit of double kick off the drums, which is used not often in this. As I say, it's mostly Tom. It's mostly Toms that he uses, but when it comes in, it sounds fabulous. And um, I think punctuated because so it's not used so often. So when it does come, it sounds great. Uh, and then Fugue is a shorter track.
0: I think it's the um, shortest on the album.
1: At four minutes. Um. But oh, that bass riff! I just oh my is. god,
0: that is so um catchy, isn't it? Oh, like I can hear it in my head now. And I'm like, like we said, the bass is so high in front, full front of this album, and then you have that guitar lead coming in over the top of it as well. And it just it's very repetitive, but it's just so soothing and
1: yeah,
0: lovely. Just like I've had that on when I'm having a shower in the morning, like when I wake up first thing, and it's just
1: such a lovely way
0: to start the day.
1: Oh, yeah. it's And they do a thing in that track that's not particularly original, but they kind of start with one instrument, in this case, the bass, and then introduce another instrument, in the drums, and then another instrument in the guitar, building it in that way. And I mean, that's a trick that's been done since the dawn of time in music, but it just when it is such a delicious bass riff, it just... It works really nicely on that and
0: track. it and it is uh, such a great riff, isn't it
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: um uh, that's i t- I texted you last night, I think and said uh not not to not to give away spoilers but a few by uh wheel and gave some sort of kit french uh, French chef kiss <laughs> to give it away um there's lots like i think i don't actually think there's a bad track on this album to be honest i think dissipating as an opener 11 minutes i love bands who open with um ambition and just say like this is us um i think this is a, it's a great drum driven track in there there's there's some like breakdowns the guitar leads play all over the track as well um and then towards the end there's like a Again, the comparison, but a Maynard style long, uh, vocal scream, and it just I, I think that's such a great opening track. But there are some. I've made notes here. There's, you know, movement has a, a very punchy bass line, similar to soan in the feel of it. Um, ascend is just—I've put progilicious. It's four minutes <laughs> long, and you know, me being a huge Opeth fan, big fan of prog. Um, this is right up my street, and uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Like... I found that that is a track they can play live and they festivals even, do you know. And I think most people would be able to hold on to that beat, whereas a lot of it on this album is pretty croggy and would probably float in the ether a little bit. Whereas that one, I think, is a bit more. You know, you can bang your head a little bit more to that. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's quite interesting the way they've done it. Do you know, they've really, it's just seven tracks, really. So, the last track's just kind of a a keys and synth outro. Um, so, seven tracks, but like a few really long ones, a few really short ones. So, I mean, it, it works well in my book.
0: Yeah. So, I'll go first because this is your pick. Um, I was torn like Natalie and Brulia, this rating. <laughs> Um, but I'm going to give it a seven. And the reason being is it it is very tall like And I don't want to keep beating on the drum on this, but it's very hard not to see past that. But at the same time, Tool aren't my favourite band uh, either. So d- this is very much more up your street with pure, clean vocals, vocals. Um, and the layers of the sounds and everything. So for that reason, it's a seven for me, but I think maybe towards the end of the year, this could creep up a bit, um, more time with it.
1: Yeah. Fair, fair dues. I, I mean, I, I've been thinking a little bit, I'm quite aware of last week's nine out of 10. Um, I've been thinking about that rating a bit and then this is an eight for me. Um, I gave Imperial Borussia an eight earlier in the year. Um, but both of these albums I really love and I really play all the time. Um, but they're still not, they're probably not nine out of ten albums. But I, I can see them being higher up in my albums of the year list than June. If it does that make any sense to you, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they're just really to my taste and they they're, look technically brilliant albums. It's not to say they're not technically brilliant, but that June album because it was that little bit different and because yeah. it was that. that uh, uh, and That's why I think that gets a nine. But I, I mean, I've just been thinking about it a lot this week and I'm not sure whether that nine was too high or eight is too. But anyway, I, what I'm trying to say is I really like this album. It's an eight out of 10, but I'll be playing it all year and it will be in my albums of the year list without a doubt.
0: As to be expected, to be honest, mate, with an album like yeah. this textbook. Um, That was Wheel Resident Human, so we're going to move on to our next album, which is by a band called Soothsayer um, from Ireland from Cork, and the album is called Echoes of the Earth Um, This was my choice this week, and it came up on um, Bandcamp as a recommendation from someone, and I saw they're from Ireland obviously, me living in Dublin, so I was really excited to see, because um, I think I said last week that um, you know island the scene where you really only have sort of primordial being the big boys ultra plagues and sort of dead label now making waves so I was really excited and the album cover you know tractor beam sucked me right in um <laughs> you know with a fiery background and the, uh, the the church and the lone man stood there so it really um me in in that in that regard and um, this is a a doom doom album. Um, essentially. Uh, They're on Transcending Obscurity Records, I think. I think is the name. Um, So yeah, they're from Cork, uh, Five Piece, and this is their debut album. Um, Doom really is, um, well, as the name suggests, is quite a very difficult genre to get into, isn't it? Um, Like, you, you know, trash can be slightly uplifting general metal is slightly uplifting whereas Doom you're really not too sure what you're going to get is that a fair statement do you think for that genre?
1: Yeah I mean I find this album a very hard one to classify Um, and Doom when you say straight up Doom you think of the the Godfathers of Black Sabbath then you think of bands like Electric Wizards in those kind of bands with, uh, marijuana styled, like cannabis corpse or Bongzilla or mammoth weed wizard bastard or something like that, which are, which is often quite slow riff orientated, um, but also a bit kind of bluesy and not all to, not always sonically really heavy. Whereas this is really quite abrasively heavy. Um, I mean, I've got my, without any kind of reference to it, my classification for this would be blackened doom sludge.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I I would probably agree. Um, Because
1: it does that harsh, acerbic abrasiveness of some of those really heavy sludge acts like I hate God, or thou is a one that particularly uh I think of as that really acerbic like real kind of paint stripping um but it has got that doominess which is really slow and um kind of sucks you into a bit of a vortex, but it also has got. I mean, it doesn't sound like black metal in the fast tremolo stylings of it, but I mean, if you just slowed black metal right down, then it might sound something like this. So I found it a really hard one to classify. And if you ask me for fans of, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not huge in this, in this realm really, so I'm probably not the best person to ask, but there aren't a lot of bands that I could immediately compare this to. And, and Thou is probably the best one that I've got. I don't know.
0: Is that a compliment to the band? You think that you can't yeah, put them in? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure.
0: No, there's. I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, I I don't really like putting bands in brackets. Of like, course, you know, yeah. you know it, our scene is so great that um, it's just metal. But obviously there are subgenres, etc. Um, but I think Doom is the overlying one I had. Um, but there's definitely influences of black metal in there. Um, I hear. Batushka, in terms of like the uh, samples with the the monk style chant and things like that, Um, and definitely there is sludge in there. But at the same time, you made a very good point that it's actually it's not as slow as you would expect from a normal sludge doom band. And this album has a great, um, you know, it it speeds up, it slows down. Um, the, the vocal styles are different. At times, it's very harrowing and sort of shrieks, and other times it's. I use inverted commas uplifting, um, but the album has great variety of everything. you <laughs> many roles I've got, I've um, got
1: funny. <laughs> I've got a funny story about the first time I listened to this. I was at work and on a night shift and in this kind of, quite creepy, outbuilding. Um, and there's not much going on and I was just kind of drifting off to sleep a little bit and I had this on and the first track is quite a long (laughs) lead-in with like you say that kind of Gregorian monk style lead-in and this kind of slightly terrifying wolves calling and all sorts in there and that kind of unsettled me quite considerably in this like in about four in the morning in this dark derelict building and then track two kicks in like it's like an absolute (laughs) bomb's gone I'm gonna the shit out of me (laughs) and I was like (laughs) I'm terrified and I mean it doesn't let up much after that it's like quite it's quite a terrifying album to listen to um uh well, that's why i raised an eyebrow when you said there's uplifting bits so i find it in a in a similar way like ulcerate we talked about last year and it doesn't sound sonically like ulcerate i mean it's not that very avant-garde technical death metal but ulcerate i find a very difficult listen just because it's so harsh and discordant and i, I felt felt a similar feeling not necessarily, as I say, what it sounds like, but just the, the overriding feeling I got from it.
0: Well, I'll come to my point about uplifting in a few minutes. Um, but what you said there, the, the opening track, Fringe, is very long. Yeah. Very long. I, I mean, but at the same time, I find tracks like this really set the scene for an album. Um, could it have been shorter? Yeah, they probably could, could have... Chuck two or three minutes off it, but I think that's what they're going for in this in, in this album. Um, and towards the end of the album as well, they saw, or some of the tracks in the album, they have a fairly long outro of the sort of sampling and chains rattling. Um but I personally think the the intro if on first listen really adds something to it. I think yeah, as you I agree. As, as you as I've done this week, I skip the first track. Because I, you know, I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times, but um, yeah, like out of fringe, which is the second track, th- th- that's what I mean by the harrowing screams. Um, oh. it's, you know, and, and they don't try and uh, I'd say it's probably part of the scene, but there's nothing overcomplicated on this album. They do things so well, um, you know. S- they don't try and make it difficult for themselves. And I'm not saying it's simple at the same time, but this is actually a very, there's a lot of hooks on this album, like a lot of guitar uh, hooks that you find, especially uh, as you get through the album. Um, but yeah, it, it's, um, it's really great to hear something like this from my point of view, that brings all these elements together.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the production is very good for presumably a relatively small band from Cork, you know, where probably the scene isn't massive. Like, I think the production is very good. And one thing that I've noticed throughout the album, a bit like we were saying on the last album, that you can hear the bass quite high in the mix. And a lot of the time, the bass does provide some of the, the more accessible um, melody in some of the tracks, which I think works really well when you've got such a Cerbic kind of, Guitars and drums and vocals, particularly um, the, ba- the bass provides a nice little bit of variation um, in it.
0: I'm surprised to hear you say you actually think this production's quite good because usually on these sort of albums, you uh, <laughs> you slate them.
1: No, I think they get their point across well, and they bring in these like what are again quite long songs. They bring in a lot of texture in them, and I think they're quite impressive soundscapes that they create. And I think it doesn't sound thin and tinny, like some of the black metal releases that you're probably referring to. It sounds quite um, still quite overwhelming at points, you know, and that's clearly what they're going for. Like the whole world's crashing in, do you know?
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I do not like the production is spot on. I think for this sort of album, especially if you look at the cover, and you're listening to it. I think that adds a bit of um, context to it as well. The way the production's probably done, um, it's it, it like you said. It it's a very atmospheric album. It's angry. You can hear frustration on it. Um, you know, it, it's slow. It's dark in places. I think this is a really, really good um, effort from, like we always say on the show, British and British bands, but bringing Irish into it now. I think this is a really great effort and. You know, for for guys from Cork uh, in Ireland, where the scene, like you said, is is not huge, um, I think it's a really great effort. And the whole album, for me, um, when I set up Lifting, sorry, let's come back to that, the first three tracks, is it one, two, three? Yeah. Uh, After War of Doves, um, Cities of Smoke, Yes, what I mean by
1: I to, yeah, I wanted to talk about that track too.
0: That's what I mean by uplifting. Now, you might disagree with me on this, and I am sure you probably will. Um, but compared to the rest of the album, this is the one track where sort of there is a different mood to it and a slightly more um, well up, a, an uplifting feel to it, where it's not all doom and gloom. Um, yeah. they have some they have some really cool guitar leads in there um yeah and good variants you know they have the sludgy riff still but um but then like they have sections of you know sort of two-thirds through the song ferocious blast beats as well to add to it i think it's a really well-rounded song it's my favorite track on the album and also it's the shortest coming in about six minutes
1: yeah i mean to me that track kind of sticks out a bit like a sore thumb because of all the things you've said essentially but the riff in it almost sounds a bit like metallica in a way what uh, an early metallica riff and at points i've written down that kind of melodic death metal of the a Mono Marth style you know that chugging death metal and like you say it's it it just seems a bit kind of out of keeping with the rest of the album i mean uh, don't get me wrong it's i think it's good to have in there as to switch things up a bit otherwise you would the whole thing would might get on top of you a little bit, so I think it's quite an interesting track, but it just to me seems totally uh, like anomalous, it just kind of sticks out a little bit. But I, I mean, it is interesting by its inclusion.
0: That's what I meant by uplifting, <laughs> that was my point on that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, on a whole, the, the album has different uh moods to it different uh places you can go on with it as well um i think it's a really really good album um for this genre which as you said isn't sort of our um i I don't want to say specialty but we we don't listen to this genre that much um but i think it's a really good effort from a a band we hopefully get to see sooner rather than later
1: yeah for sure um i yeah I found it quite difficult one to review because of that reason. I mean, I don't have too many reference points in this genre, but I think like you say at the start, it's, it's a compliment to the band, you know, that it does sound a little bit different to what our, what we're used to listening to, even being well immersed in in metal and heavy music in general. So yeah, Um, difficult one to rate as well for the same reason. Um, Yeah. I found it quite difficult. It is, between a six and a seven for me, but I'll go for a seven given the, given their lads from Ireland and you know, we're on is that that a a bit <laughs> support, supportive as possible.
0: Yeah. Um, I again, I'm torn between the two ratings, and I think no, I'm going to go. I'm going go, to th- This is an eight for me. Um, like, I can't sort of like it has everything that I love about metal, you know especially the, the sort of more black black metal style with the uh, vocals and the influences on there. So it w- I would be very surprised if it doesn't make my end of year list. Um, yeah, as I said, look, really great effort. Um, so that was Soothsayer, and the album is called Echoes of the Earth. So it's on Bandcamp now. Uh, I, would, I got the CD as well coming on my oh, way. Oh, good lads. So hopefully when uh, things open, I might take it over and get it signed by them whenever they play next. Uh say Echoes the Earth. And we move on now to our final section is our Deep Cuts. And this was a Venny choice. Um it is Baroness and their album Purple. Just Purple it, it is just purple, isn't it? Yeah. Is it called Purple or is it ref just because of the reference of the
1: Yeah artwork? I think it is just called purple, yeah.
0: Okay, alright, fair enough. Um so yeah, purple. This was released in two thousand fifteen, Benny. Back to you, sir. Why did you choose this?
1: Uh, I love this album. I um, Baroness for me, when they released, so I really a lot. You'll get a lot of diehard um, hipsters who preferred the original two albums, Blue and the Red albums. That's when they're really a lot, kind of more proto sludgy. Again, use the word sludge, You know, in that kind of Mastodon, Kylesa kind of style. And, and they were reasonably heavy at that point. Uh, then they moved on to Yellow and Green. It had tracks like Take My Bones Away, and that's really what hooked me in. Um, and I really liked that. But it, again, it was kind of a sprawling big double album. Um, it went in a lot of different places. In, in it, In itself, it is quite hard to penetrate just for that reason. When they released Purple, for me, they've done what a lot of good kind of prog bands end up doing, which is really just condensing their sound. Um, Mastodon did it with Once More Around the Sun. Um, Tesseract have done it on Sonder. So they go from these kind of really long, meandering tracks on double albums to really condensing it to its purest form, um, making it... Much more potent, and I think that's what the band do to great success on this album. And, and for that reason, it is my favorite Baroness album. That's why I wanted to bring it in.
0: Uh yeah, so oh, it's definitely my favorite Baroness album by a long shot. Uh, I can't remember when I first heard this album. Actually, I was trying to think, but we'll come back to the, the impact it had on me. Um, this was the it was the first album they did after the the accident they had in 2012, it was in uh, Bath, Bath in England, and uh, they, <coughs> I think there was, correct me if I'm wrong, Benny, but all in all, I think there was uh, some terrible weather, and they, the bus skidded off the road, and fell down to a uh, r- uh, ravine, and I think they were in hospital for a fair bit, bit of time um, during their tour, and then, you know, I mean, this was what, three years? Three years after. So after recovering from I don't know if near fatal was probably over the top, but um, potentially could have been. Um, from having a, a horrific bus accident to then releasing something out of this, do you think maybe there was something in that that um, that's why they sort of condensed the sound?
1: Perhaps. I don't know. I think. Um, I mean, I think that was a, a particularly really hard time for. Or a really hard thing for that band to go through and you can imagine it being on tour in a foreign place and like you know UK I mean and hospitals in the UK and the NHS at large you know is generally very high quality but just being in a in a different place away from your home being hospitalized and everything else and I think it must be Bad for kind of an artist, you know, when you probably don't really understand things fully and there's probably concerns about paying bills and all, all this stuff. Um, and I think, I, you know, I think life threatening probably is a fair thing, definitely limb threatening. And again, you've heard, you know, what happens like the ghosts inside and their bus crash and what happened to guys in that band losing limbs and whatnot. So it was clearly. A really traumatic experience for them. And I think you can hear a lot of that pain and frustration on this album. Whilst it is, in places, very poppy and uplifting, there are also tracks like Chlorine and Wine where you can kind of feel, you can tell he was in a quite dark place when writing it. But yeah, I mean, maybe just going through that experience did lead to a change in philosophy and a change of uh, direction potentially.
0: But well, I find this album incredibly uplifting. Yes. Um, now, whether that was sort of a part of, like we said, that the crash sort of um, made it a part of that. But I think this album is. I was. I had it on today, and I was out um, walking the dog in the sunshine. And I had it on, and just you know, from the opening "Morning Star" into "Shock Me," and then. You know, Disappear. Sorry, I Disappear. Sorry,
1: Tried try to Disappear. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was thinking of uh, Metallica <laughs> then. Um, yeah, try to Disappear. Chlorine and Wine, like you said. Just every track is so... And the sun was shining and it just... The whole experience was just so wonderful. Um, and this album... I haven't listened to it for ages, actually, until you said. Um, I mean, I have it on vinyl, but just haven't listened to it for a while. It's, it's a real summer summer album is not yes. it?
1: yes yeah i mean i think that goes for all bands like in that scene like red fang and kyle mastodon to agree clutch you know it all sounds much better in the sun and yeah it is really uplifting i mean i don't know what you think about john diabase's voice um i think it's not for everyone um, for sure, I, something about it that I really love. I mean, I love its kind of honesty and it's the harmony that it gets. Um, but there's still it's still got an edge to it, do you know. And I think on this album they use a lot of layering and the vocals, and it just it just sounds kind of really sounds really great and uplifting. I think.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I think this is where we really differ in one of the big things we differ at in our style of music is vocals. And we said it before about Sam Carter from Architects, where it, it grates me to an extent, whereas you you now got through that and you like it. Whereas I really love John's voice, um, and especially on Try To Disappear, he really, hit in the chorus, he really accentuates his vocals to, to almost like breaking point. And I think it's absolutely brilliant i i love his vocals on this
1: yeah i yeah i agree no no don't get me wrong i i agree but i just think he's not like we talked about the wheel Records. you know those vocals are clean and polished and harmon and melodic and harmonic you know that he could be a pop singer and no one would bat an eyelid whereas john diabase couldn't be um but I think the uniqueness of his voice and the way he gets a tune out of it, I think, is is really original and compelling in itself. You know, so um, yeah. And one thing I'd say is that on this album, I think what they do well with his voice is a lot of layering of it and harmonizing of vocals. Um, and in the subsequent album when they recruited new guitarist, I can't remember a name, but they used Mel. Male- oh, no. I couldn't say. Um, but they used two male-female harmonisation of the vocals, which again were it's really potent, I think, on that on golden grey. So I think that works really well. But yeah, um, the other thing to say, I think like you sometimes think of Baroness as a little bit lightweight. Certainly on blue and red, they were heavyweight and that was chunky old sludgy riffs. Um, and you think of more latter day baroness is quite whimsical, you know, and um and whatnot. But I I, I think even on this album there are some properly chunky old riffs in there. To, oh, to I was saying exactly really... the same
0: thing when I was I was out today listening to. It. I was thinking these guys know how to write a riff. They just keep yeah. flowing.
1: The, and and the other thing to say, as well as the riffs and the the chunkiness of the guitar, is I. For me, listening again as a deep cut is really nice with, to listen to it with fresh ears, having not mm-hmm. listened to it like you for a while. And you get and a lot of the bass and the drums, again, going to the rhythm section, like we have with all three records, um, like you can hear it and, and there's quite playful, whimsical bass um, and drum patterns in the background that you probably don't hear and first listen through the sludge of the riffs and John's voice. But the, the, I really compliment the bass and the drum work on this album as well. Like the musicianship is really top notch. And you can imagine someone like John Dyer-Basley surrounding himself with the best musicians, you know. He seems like a true artist in that sense, like, you know, someone like Billy Corgan or Trent Reznor, you know. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think the whole band did a great job on this album.
0: Do you think that they're not underrated? I think that's the word. Do you think they're flying under radar a bit, the rest of the band? Because when you listen to it, you know, when you're listening to it just having a few beers in the garden or whatever, and you're just enjoying it, you probably don't notice as much. You think this is really good. But when you actually get into the meat and bones of it and start listening to, the, like you said, the, the drums, the bass, do you think they're actually not appreciated? Is that what I'm, the word I'm trying to get at?
1: Yeah, I think what it does a lot of parallels. I think with Smashing Pumpkins and Billy Corgan, um, where he is clearly the main guy. He writes the music, he sings the music, do you know, and I think has overriding control of things. Probably a bit like Devon Townsend again. To give another example in our world, like and reading an interview recently on Golden Gray, apparently for this the last album not necessarily this album was the first time he said to some of the other guys in the band like do you know what what do you think we should do on this and why don't you play what you think would sound great on it so i think um Yeah, I mean, I don't know so much on this album, but yeah, I think he does have overriding control of the creative direction of the band. Um, But yeah, it's good. I think they're also really just good musicians, and I think you can hear that coming through.
0: And what's your thoughts on the production of the album?
1: It's it's an interesting one. I think for all of Baroness's albums, this is the best produced, and I think um, Golden Grey, which i really like but a lot of people had a hell of a hard time with and i think the production on that album does not do it any favors um but on this i think like they've tried to condense the songs into shorter structures and to be a bit more punchy and catchy i think the production on this sells the band as best as possible and and i mean i've got I guess a question for you in relate to the production, but as in terms of the sound of the band and the singing and the whole kit and caboodle, like Baroness always, and I remember always remember Bees saying this on that's not metal, but I always remember him saying, why wouldn't someone like Baroness? Like why couldn't you put them in front of any metal audience, but rock or who I mean, it's not so far to say as a stretch as, like, your average Common or Garden Foo Fighter fan, do you know, who doesn't even really like music. But, uh, like, why couldn't... Why aren't they a lot bigger proposition than they are?
0: I literally... The first thing I put on my notes was, you cannot not like Baroness. it, It's just impossible. <laughs> like, and to your point, why aren't they bigger? Um I don't know, really. Is, that, is my honest answer? I'm not sure. It's one of those questions that remains a mystery because, like you said, now I'm going to say something that probably it's not controversial, but for me, Baroness are better than Foo Fighters. They write better songs. They're Are they catchier? Probably not to that extent, but certainly... A lot more appealing to me, but that's me coming from the metal scene. Do you see what I mean?
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, are they are they just in that?
0: Are they in the scene where if they weren't on the metal festival or alternative, and were into more of the I don't know rock scene, would they be bigger?
1: Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think look, they've supported Metallica. I think they've they've had shots at mainstream audiences do you know so i I don't know one thing i i thought about it was like purple for me like i say is a very much condensed form it's got tracks like shock me that for i bloody love but it is a really it's a really punchy pop track like you could call it a pop track as far as do you know? And one thing that maybe has gone against them over the years is because they are artists with their own creative direction. I think if Baroness had done five albums like Purple, I think they might be really a lot bigger than they are. But you've got the heaviness of of red and um, blue, and then you've got green and yellow and gold and grey are similar in my book. They're both sprawling double albums that kind of go in a bit kind of whimsical strung out proggier directions and so purple for me is the only real one that could have the mass appeal um and maybe that's why they aren't big because not written five purples but yeah
0: and maybe that's the direction they want to go you know, yeah well
1: something... yeah like yeah of course yeah yeah um... and, and good on them like yeah don't totally. wrong. good on them good on them. I'd much uh, rather them release Golden Grey than us, uh, try to, you know, pull off a centric the, twice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, John cr- uh, curated Roadburn, I think, a couple of yeah. years ago, didn't he? Um, so there's obviously a lot of... I mean, Roadburn is one of the most diverse festivals, I think. And so... just
1: on that point, just while, just while you mentioned that, like to, to what I was saying earlier about the hipsters, like, apparently baroness's set during roadburn in a big room um and they kind of did like a retrospective of their career and started at the beginning and then worked their way through and they had all the huge crowd for the early part of the set for for red and blue and then everyone started petering out for the latter part which i find personally difficult to believe because i just love yeah. the lot of stuff but but yeah. yeah that that's kind of the hipster policy anyway
0: Jesus, that's uh that's quite offensive as well, isn't it? Yeah, especially that. for them
1: Yeah, especially the man who's curated the whole yeah, festival, yeah. which presume, presumably you've loved, but
0: Yeah. Um yeah, that's, that's a real shame. Um just coming back to some of the songs then. So Shock Me oh. is like I mean, my note here, like Luscious keys that open the track, then this huge wall of sound the chorus is massive and the best part of this song is the solo it really like put this track on and don't have your mood like your mood will increase a hundred percent after that so it's just so uplifting i bloody love the ass off this track
1: yeah i mean this is really and this is kind of what i mean about them going in a I don't want to use the word commercial. It seems like a dirty word, but for shock me, it is like a pop track. Those synth keys are really quite like '80s synthy poppy keys that kick off the track, and um, the chorus is just an, an- oh. it's just anthemic. I mean, I love just roaring along live to that. I just think it's so catchy and so cool and yeah that that is one of those solos that you know again is a cliche but you can almost sing along to that solo like it's one of those i can hear it and I just, now. yeah and i just this is what i mean i don't know why old or young you wouldn't just get that track and just love it and like i just think of our mates that we go to download with and you know is a diverse crew and they like Lots of different things, but I just don't know why. I can't think of one of them that wouldn't like that. So it just, do you know what I mean? Even the guys that, oh, let's not get into specifics, but I just can't see why they wouldn't like it.
0: (laughs) And I think I seem to remember might have been our first or second year after we we met up again at Download and Baroness played, and they were playing songs of this album in, in the sunshine, and just, oh, just closing my eyes now, seeing that second stage and then playing this and you know, everyone just having such a good time, like Baroness are not a band like where say if you went and saw Ministry on the second stage or Slayer on this, or Parkway Drive where there be loads of pits, you don't get that Baroness it's like Clutch, like you said earlier you just sit there, have a beer, nod along and just have the best time along to them
1: Oh man, take me there now. I would, oh, like, oh, I'd kill. I'd actually killed a bit. And then I just think the first, the opener of this album, like Morning Star, I just think has got this absolutely leviathan, mastodon-esque riff, like absolutely churning. Like again, this is what I mean. Like you don't think of them when you think of Baroness a churning heavy riff is not always what comes straight to mind, but it, it has it. And then shock me what I track and then try to disappear. I just Oh, that I song's absolutely so love, isn't that it? Track so much. I just the the intro to it I just think's the coolest thing. I love the tremolo on the guitar. I think mean, it's so cool. And it's so like his vocal in that, like you say, is the best the best example of it. I just think it's so Sweetly, so I just love the little drum fill in it that goes into the chorus. I just that song is perfection for me.
0: There, this is really an album where well, there's not a bad track on it. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I was I, I'm a, I'm not a fan of these now um, playing albums in full. I thought at the start it was pretty cool, and now it's just got really like bands just do it for the sake of, oh, our album is 20 years old, let's play it back to front, where sometimes it doesn't work. I think Demi Borgia did it and I saw him on the Enthroned Dark and du- enthroned Darkness Triumphant and towards the end it was like, okay, the first six, seven are good and now it's sort of Peter and Albert. This, and, and I often judge albums when we're talking like on deep cuts or in general, actually. Would this be a good album to play through? front to back and I think this is one that certainly I would happily sit there for 40 odd minutes and enjoy every single minute of it
1: yeah, yeah. I mean chlorine and wine midway oh. through I mean I think I don't I'm not a vinyl person but I think this marks the start of the second side of the album and it this I think is his kind of nod to his time in hospital I mean the, the mention of chlorine just kind of makes you think of that smell of hospital, but the the delivery of his vocal in that track is just absolutely heart wrenching. I think this is the one you think like you know, the first bit of the album is quite upbeat, but this is the one for me that I just you just think of the trauma of it all and I it's funny, I was we went to a wedding um in Br- the Bristol kind of area, and we're driving back to Dorset. And I was driving through that area, but just you go kind of round Bath and there are these beautiful kind of big valleys and hills. I don't know what their name is, but they're they're actually so pretty. You see all the guys out cycling the big hills there. And I was just thinking, I just couldn't help but think of the bus crash there. So you can totally imagine, like you can look around at the scenery and totally imagine it on a dark, rainy night of because yeah. it is so undulating the landscape, but yeah, I, I could just, I just couldn't help but think of it, even though it's like eight years after it all happened, but um, yeah, so that track I think really, um, yeah, that feels like his nod to the the trauma in hospital.
0: And you can almost hear his voice breaking in parts of that song as well, which is really, um, really stands out, and like you said, you know, his nod to that, and I'm sort of like singing it in my head now and the the lyrics and you think it must have been such a hard time to but such so good as well for something great to come out of it on the flip mm-hmm. side as well, you know? Um yeah, like there isn't a bad track on this. Um i put it on again and said I hadn't listened to it years and I'd said the best time. It, like you said, like revisiting it almost. I mean it must have been three years since I've listened to it, I'd say. I've probably heard bits here and there. Um Yeah, what what a great time, and it's. I'm really glad you've picked this because we're coming into that summertime now where, yeah, I can't wait to have this on the barbecue going, a few beers, and not offending the neighbors with my usual racket.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fact, yeah, I totally. Back that i i i'm not a vinyl person because i think it would be like a heroin addiction to me and you know, i it's like be a destitute bum on the street like, <laughs> trying to get money to Give buy vinyl your... <laughs> so I've, I've not gone down that route but if i did i this would be a record i'd definitely be getting on vinyl oh I definitely it, it must sound sumptuous so
0: warm it, it yeah. does sound it sounds brilliant um, you'll be on that route not before long, I'm sure.
1: I'll be down, down, <laughs> down the pound savers, like trying to scrounge some money. For... <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that was
0: uh, us talking about Baroness' uh, purple album. I hope you enjoyed our time tonight. I hope you enjoy the albums reviews because I certainly have um next week i think we're reviewing or oh, we're gonna go on cannibal corpse
1: what's we, in the schedule mate
0: i don't know i haven't got it in front of me. <laughs> my, my, my excel spreadsheet out. is not <laughs> it's not there um oh venny what are we doing
1: we're gonna yeah. do the crown aren't we oh
0: that's right yeah yeah the crown cannibal corpse
1: oh as i ranking oh a,
0: yeah Asaya. Um oh that is a heavy show, isn't it? Well diverse, Ooh, yeah. sorry. Two death metal yeah. and then uh the
1: one pop mash. The
0: crown. I don't know what you could <laughs> even describe. Crown. Uh Crown. But we will see you next week. We're on Twitter and Instagram as well, uh heavy underscore matters. So check it out. We will see you next week for another instalment.